You're listening to the Life Over Coffee podcast, and I'm Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 200. The title of this podcast is Why Loneliness is More Painful Than Being Alone. Have you ever been alone? Did you find that being alone was a benefit? I hope so. I hope that you have been alone many times in your life and you have enjoyed the benefits of being alone. Have you ever been alone and and it was problematic to your soul? You didn't enjoy being alone. You just wanted somebody like you that you could hang with, that you could do community with. Well, I'm sure you've had that experience too. We were made in the image of God and we want people like us that we can commune with, have community with, koinonia, that we can fellowship with. So being alone is or can be a good thing. Being alone can be a bad thing as well. But being alone, whether good or bad, is different than loneliness. You know, it's like being cold. And then it's like being cold to the bone. There is a coldness, but then there is a coldness that that cuts to the bone. And so being alone, well, that's one thing on one level. But being lonely is much deeper and it's painful. And the solution, well, I hope that the Lord will help you to to be able to grasp the solution, but not only grasp it from this podcast, uh, but you'll also do the things that are necessary to solve this deeper problem of loneliness. What I want to do here is I want to talk about being alone just for a moment. I want to look at it from the positive and the negative because there are two sides of being alone. But then I want to take the podcast to another level, and I want to talk about this deeper problem of loneliness. If you would like to talk to me about this podcast, well, please come to our website, rickthomas.net, and you can talk with me and you can talk with our team. We'd love to chat with you, and we'll talk about these ideas of being alone or or this idea of loneliness, and we will try to help you. We'll try to direct you. I would encourage you that... As you move through these concepts, that you do take a look at these show notes here, episode 200. Again, the title is Why Loneliness is More Painful Than Being Alone. I have three articles here that would really, really benefit you, and I will appeal to you a little bit later that you click on these things and you start that deep dive of understanding this idea of community and, and, and communication. And if you want to do more, well, the seed thoughts for this podcast came from a sermon that my pastor preached uh, several months ago, and I've been noodling on it ever since. And typically when I when I start meditating and reflecting on something, I put it down because that's what I do. I'm a journaler. I'm a writer. And so I write these thoughts down. Of course, these thoughts eventually turn turn into podcasts, and, and then I'm talking to you, and I'm sharing my devotions with you. But if you want to go to the horse's mouth, I would encourage you to do that, and you can click on this link here, Sermons on Loneliness. Uh, there were several of them, I believe. I've only listened to one but you can listen to all of them if you want. By the way, if you are discipling someone, then I do commend you because that person is struggling with being alone and they need some encouragement. They need some help. And these resources that you have here in episode 200 of Life Over Coffee, well, they will help you. They will help the person that you are helping. Let me get into it. The idea of being alone from the upside, obviously, Christ was the person that 
that did that. And you would read that in the Gospels. You've read that in the Gospels, how he would remove himself from the crowds to be alone. Sometimes being by yourself is great for your soul, not just for God and I time. I mean, that's obvious. You just want to be alone with the Lord. Sometimes you just want to be alone. I live in a very public world. I live in the public space. There is always virtually someone that's asking me for something even while I sleep, people are asking me for something because when I wake when I wake in the morning, uh, the requests are there in my inbox or they're on the live chat feature of our website. Uh, we live in every I live in every time zone in the world, and so we never sleep even when I'm sleeping, and so it's hard for me sometimes, and I have to be very determined and intentional about finding alone time because it's always pawing. There's always someone pawing at the door. Now, what I don't want you to hear is a complaint because it is not. It absolutely is not a complaint. I have never been more content in my life. I've never been happier in my life, more fulfilled in my life. Uh, and so I don't want you to hear that. But the truth is there is never a second of the day of the year where someone is not in our store, meaning our website. They're not in our building, walking around our building, looking at things and asking questions. And praise God for that. However, with that said, sometimes you just want to remove yourself from the crowds and you want to be alone and so being alone, obviously, is different from loneliness. Those are two different things. To be lonely is it's a feeling of isolation and incarceration. And guess what? Even in the middle of 1,000 people, you can sit in your church meeting on Sunday morning, and you can feel the sting to the bone of loneliness. I was counseling a gentleman today and it happened to come up. I didn't bring it up. He brought it up. He said, I'm just so lonely. He's with people. He was with me. And I did make that statement to him that you can sit in your church meeting on Sunday morning and feel lonely. And he nodded in affirmation because he knew exactly what I was talking about. It's interesting. I mean, it's, it's ironic here that you can be alone with nobody around you, and not be lonely. And then you can be in the middle of a thousand people, not alone at all, and be lonely. Now, mercifully, the Lord gave us an answer to the problem of loneliness. You see, there's an aspect of loneliness that is in all, our, all of our lives. Did you know that? Every human being is lonely to varying degrees. Now, perhaps you have worked through a lot of your loneliness in your life, and I praise God for that if you have, but we're not perfect yet. We're not complete in Christ yet. We're still works in progress. We're making our way to Him uh, where we will experience loneliness no more. But no matter how mature we are or how long we've been walking with the Lord, there's a modicum of loneliness in our lives. Some people struggle with it more than others, and the reason for that is because of the fall of Adam. Since his fall, we have tucked part of our lives away from community scrutiny. You remember what he did? 
he never had this experience before. He never had this feeling before. When he chose to walk away from God, what did he feel? What did he sense? He, he sensed shame and guilt and fear, and that was weird to him. He had this internal awkwardness, and so he tucked part of his life away from community scrutiny. How did he do that? He began to hide his internal shame. He was hiding from the uh, potential hurt that we all fear from others, and he hid by his fig leaves. And that's how we hide today. We hide behind our fig leaves, and the unintended consequence of hiding behind our fig leaves is that we just don't feel alone, but we're lonely. Think about it. Adam was with Eve. He was not alone. He was with Eve, but he was lonely because there was a barrier between him and Eve. And that's how we live to live too. No matter how close we get to somebody, we still feel some sense of shame and and some fearfulness about being totally exposed, and that creates this idea of loneliness, but that's different from being alone. And so before I get deeper into the idea of loneliness, let me talk about this idea of being alone, as in not having a peer group. Being alone as in not having somebody like you that you can communicate with. This is a real problem in people's lives. And what you don't want to do is you want to don't want to diminish or talk negatively about someone longing for others who are like them. Think about that teenager. Think about that 20-something that's in your church or maybe an elderly person, the only elderly person in your church. All three of these people, the teen, the 20-something, the elderly person, what are they saying They desire for someone to be like them that they can have community with. Is there anything wrong with that? No, no, there really isn't. A knee-jerk response is to admonish these folks by telling them that they need to make friends with people who are not like them because that's the gospel and you want to be gospel-centered, right? Christ came to people who are not like, like him. He was sinless. He was the sinless one. We are sinners, and he reached out to those who were different from him. Well, yeah, there is a little bit of truth to what you are saying, and maybe in the right context that would be the thing to, to say, but it is short-sighted to, to make these lonely people feel bad because they want to relate to someone with similarities. This is the downside of being alone, and we don't want to kick them to the curb because they're feeling alone. Perhaps perhaps you've traveled to a foreign country, and, and you felt like, there's no one here like me. I've had that experience many times in, in my life. And, and then you run into a tourist who speaks your language. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter where that person lives. It doesn't matter who they are. They could be a they could be a serial killer. They could be the worst human being in in their town. But the only thing that matters is that they speak your language and you have something in common. And so you're no longer alone. You have somebody like you. We should all desire community. And having things in common is a great way to build relationship. Most marriages begin this way with things in common. These things form the foundation that leads to a stronger bond. Virtually every new couple begins a relationship because of their commonality, not their diversity. And as they build on the common things, then, well, that gives them the fortification and it gives them the relationship and the, the love for each other so that they can work on their differences. But they begin with commonality. You want to find people like you. Being alone and seeking like kind, well, that makes sense. And it doesn't communicate that there's something wrong with you. 
Now, that's the problem of being alone. You don't have anybody like you. But conversely, as I've said earlier, the upside of being by yourself is quite obvious. Jesus liked being alone. And in the right situation, you should pursue aloneness so that you can spend time with the Lord. A desire to disconnect from others so you can seek rest for your soul to focus on your relationship with God is biblical. We do call this God and I time. And it's the most beautiful and precious way a person can be alone. So there's a downside to being alone. You don't have anybody like you. There's an upside to being alone so that you can get away and and be refreshed in God. But being alone is different. It's not to the bone like this problem of loneliness. And I want to talk about, this is where I want to spend most of the podcast talking about loneliness. And and the way that I want to go into this is I want to tell you about my friend who had a disquieted soul. And I knew this, and I wanted to enter into a conversation with her about her troubled soul. And the way that I did that is that I asked her, I said, "Do do you ever drive from work to home in quietness? Now, I knew what her response would be. And And I wanted her to bring it up so that we could start this conversation about her troubled soul. And sure enough, this is what she said, quote, No, I would never do that. I always have the radio blaring on the way home. You see, my friend had a troubled soul. And again, I I knew that. And because she has a troubled soul, guess what? she's hiding from people behind her fig leaves and she feels the loudness of of being alone. She feels loneliness and so she fills up her world with distraction. If you're having a troubled soul, internal soul trouble, you will struggle with loneliness. Adam had internal soul trouble and he struggled with loneliness even though he was right there with Eve. My friend had internal soul struggle, but felt very lonely and could not expose her life, chose not to expose her troubles to to others. Her conscience was blaring away at her, and it was disrupting her peace. And my peaceless friend needed a constant distraction because the noise of quietness was too much for her soul. You will never want to be alone if you struggle this way because the loudness of loneliness will have a grip on your mind. Loneliness is hiding behind fig leaves, as I have been talking about with Adam. Loneliness always attaches itself to our inherent Adamic shame guilt and fear. I I call this our our Adamic constellation of sins that came on the hills of Adam's unbelief in Genesis 3, starting at verse number 6. You see, the gospel teaches us that we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to hide. We have nothing to protect. But when we do fear, when we do desire to hide When we do wish to protect something, then the gospel is not our freedom. And there is the problem of sin. 
that is disrupting or interfering with our shalom, our peace. Loneliness is peace disrupted. And the only thing that can interrupt our shalom is the power of sin. You see, that's what happened to Adam. He had shalom. He had no shame. He was living in the freedom of his relationship with God and the fullness of his relationship with Eve. Then sin came and disrupted his shalom, and he began to hide behind fig leaves because he was afraid of the scrutiny of community. The sin that I'm talking about could be overt sins that you are actively committing, or it could be the result of horrific shaping influences from your past. But regardless of the type of sin or how it happened to you, it keeps you crouched behind your fig leaves of shame, which is why you feel loneliness. This barrier of fig leaves keeps you lonely. You have nobody to share your complete self with, which is the antidote to loneliness. Think about Adam. After he sinned, he put on fig leaves which placed him in isolation. Why did he do that? Because of sin. He put on fig leaves because of sin that placed him in isolation even though he was with Eve. He wasn't alone because he was with Eve, but he was lonely because there was a barrier between him and the two other relationships in his life, God and Eve. This is episode 200. The title of it is, Is Why Loneliness is More Painful Than Being Alone. I talked about being alone from the negative side. You can be alone and, and crave your kind. A teenager wanting to be with a teenager. A 20-something wanting to be with a 20-something. An older person wanting to be with another elderly person. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're made in the image of God and to desire your own kind so you can build commonality. It makes sense. That's the downside of being alone. And then I talked about the upside of being alone, where you just pull away. You really want to not be around people, and that can be a beautiful thing as you spend time refreshing yourself in the Lord. But then I've taken it a little bit deeper, and I've talked about this idea of loneliness, which is to the bone, and it's deeper than these ideas about being alone. Loneliness, and again, it is always associated with sin. Now, whether the sin is something that you have done or is sin that has been done to you, either way, sin has an isolating effect. Either you're actively sinning, and so you keep your sin secret, or someone has put something on you that is so horrific that you feel the effect of their sin and you isolate and you feel lonely inside because of what happened to you. What I want to do as I finish up this podcast is I want to identify some lonely culprits. I want to give you three, I'll give you three examples. There can be multiple reasons why a person hides behind their fig leaves and they feel loneliness. And so I want to give you three examples of how that can happen. One is, is passive sin. When I talk about passive sin, I'm not talking about you doing something volitionally, actively, you choose to sin. When I'm talking about the result of passive sin creating loneliness for you, 
I'm talking about you being the recipient of another person's sinful ways. Let me illustrate that. Children with a mean or distant parent will struggle with loneliness. The child will interpret the parent's anger code, sin. The the child will interpret the parent's sin as hating on them, hating on the child. And And the child will begin to dump guilt and shame on themselves, and the child hasn't done anything wrong. But the the hatefulness and the anger, the abusiveness, the meanness of the parent, it creates this guilt complex that is that is not real as far as legitimate guilt from the Lord, but it is guilt that and shame that is dumped on them by the parent by demeaning the child. And what it can do is it can tempt the child to turn inward, always hiding by the di- disgrace that the parent placed on them. And this child becomes 35 years old or 45 years old, and their parent has been dead for 20 years. That's what I mean by passive sin. It's, the child didn't do anything wrong, nothing. But it's what the parent did to them. They created this false guilt, this false shame, and it turned the child inward. And now the child is hiding by, behind fig leaves that, that the child never created, but it was created by the parent. And they feel lonely and they're scared to death to come out of, out from behind those fig leaves because of the horrific shaping influence of of the parent. Now that's the angry parent that creates this idea of passive sin on the child. But the distant parent, the passive parent, can have a similar effect. It's not that the parent was hateful overtly. But the parent's passivity or the parent's inaction, inaction, that's not two words, that's one word, inaction, it communicates the message of, I'm not interested in you. And guess what? If you keep communicating the message that you're not interested in your child through your passivity or your inaction, your child will interpret your attitude as, quote, there is something wrong with me. I mean, there has to be something wrong with me because my daddy or my mommy doesn't interact with me. They don't have anything to do with me. They're passive. They do so many other things. They watch television or enjoy so many other people or whatever it may be. And so obviously there's something wrong with me, and it builds an arsenal of shame in their souls These people will struggle with shame and worry and fear and anxiety, which keeps them captured by loneliness. And so I want to give you three illustrations of of culprits that can cause you to hide behind your fig leaves. One of them is passive sin, and I've given you two illustrations of that, the angry parent and the, the inactive and passive parent. Okay, there's passive sin, but then there's active sin. Now, this result is the result of willful sin, and it should be apparent. These active sins, things that you're doing in your life, things that you define as as shameful, it can be different for each individual. What we call them are secret secret sins, whatever that may be. But but whenever you are actively sinning and you're not you have a secret sin, you're not telling anybody about it, you will feel lonely. 
You are actively, overtly hiding behind your fig leaves. The problem is that we don't want to tell others how we struggle, so we keep our secret sin to ourselves, which layers our souls with fig leaves, and the result is loneliness. And so you can feel this loneliness of the soul to the bone, through passive sin, what someone shapes on you, through active sin, through the choices that you make. And then the third illustration, and this is a little bit different, but it's really common, and I think you will you will identify with this or know somebody like this, and I call this the, the introspective personality. Some people are more introverted than extroverted, and that's not a bad thing, by the way. I am, by nature made by God, an, introver an introverted person. I am given to reflection and introspection. Most counselors are like this. I would say that probably your best counselors are reflective people, introspective people. There are people who have the strength, they have the gift, they have the talent to be able to process, to analyze. They know how to use their mind to think in these contoured and nuanced ways and can be able to discern what is going on with people. It is a gift from God. But with all of our gifts, there is a backside liability, unguarded strength of reflection and introspection is a double weakness. And the person with the gift of introspection can easily get lost in their head. And we get that person somewhat regularly that comes to our website. They're an introspective personality and they stay lost in their head. Thoughtful, reflective, introspective people have a hard time taking their thoughts captive. The temptations to overthink or overworry are strong. This is the backside liability to having the gift of introspection. You not only are able to think rightly about a lot of things and help people in the area of biblical counseling or discipleship, but you also, sin is in play, and once sin attaches itself, the processor is always humming, and as it hums along, sin will attach itself to some of their thoughts, and they can feel deep loneliness inside their minds. They can have insomnia. And so a person who feels the loneliness can be an individual with an introspective personality. This is episode 200, Why Loneliness is More Painful Than being alone, being alone like the teenager and the 20-something and the elderly person is painful as you are trying to find somebody of your kind, but as you have now heard, it's not nearly as painful as being lonely. And so you can read these show notes, episode 200, but I want to finish this podcast by giving you the cure for loneliness. Four things that I want to share with you. Number one, you must identify the thing that keeps you behind your fig leaves. It is imperative. It is vital that you identify the thing that keeps you behind your fig leaves, whether it is active sin that you have going on in your life right now, your secret sin, or if it's something that has been shaped on you by someone else and it's created this wall of fig leaves where you hide behind you keep your shame and guilt, and, and now you're incarcerated by loneliness. However it happened, 
You must identify the thing that keeps you behind your fig leaves, regardless of what it is or how it happened to capture you. You must know what it is to get rid of it. In Ephesians 4.22, it says, Put off the old man with his former manner of life. And if you don't know what it is, you can't put it off. And so number one, identify what keeps you hid behind the fig leaves that creates loneliness. Number two, you must dedicate time to understand what genuine community should be like in your life. Now let me share with you what genuine community is. You remember Adam and Eve didn't have genuine community because there were fig leaves between both of them. The, pu the purest form of community is when you can share your whole self. That's key. Whole self. Not part of yourself, but that other self or that other part of yourself that you keep hidden behind your fig leaves. And so the purest form of community is when you can share your whole self with at least one other person. The cure for loneliness is bringing your total self to another accepting person. And that's another word that you want to focus on. It needs to be an accepting person, not a rejecting person. I'm speaking of hum human companionship, not just being open and honest and transparent and vulnerable and weak before the Lord. Some people say that, but God, which is true. You want to be open, honest, and transparent and vulnerable and weak before the Lord, but He also made us for community. It's not good for man to be alone, and so you need that trusted friend. I have three more questions here, but I am out of time. Sorry about that, but you can go to episode 200 and read the rest of my call to action. And I want you to make sure that you get this three-article set on community, fellowship, how to participate with each other. You can do a deeper dive here. So read all of my call to action, get these three articles on uh, communication, and then you can also listen to these sermons from my pastor on loneliness, and I'm sure you'll benefit from them. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.